Welcome to episode 19 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Show over. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Quarantine. It's you hard. know what that just reminded me of? It reminds me of when TV shows do those awful episodes where now we're going to do a musical episode. Oh, yeah. Because the actor has to tell everybody in the world that he can sing. Yes. We've been watching The Flash and they, the guy who plays The Flash, he's so adorable, by the way, but he can, you know, he's from Glee. Like he was on that show oh. Glee. And so I know he can sing and dance, but here we are now watching this show and all of a sudden and there's, there's a musical random, episode. Yeah. Because the music might. Maestro or some one of these comic book characters jumps oh. in and it's like puts a spell on them where they have to sing and dance to get out of it's oh, one of those God. random mid what show is this flash I don't know it it's oh it's it's really good is but, it regular TV yes oh, it's like WB or something yeah. we watch it the reruns on net or we watch it on Netflix but the motherfucker starts singing and dancing and I'm like oh <laughs> can you just run fast please <laughs> just get back to doing what you're doing you know it just yes and for me I think it's just an actor like at some point here, I need you to write in here so I can tell people, show people how I can sing. Like, nobody cares. Yeah. You're just adorable and you're the Flash. That's yes, all I need you Flash to do for me. The doesn't need to sing. He's already no. doing enough. And stop with these jump the shark episodes. You know oh. what I mean? The whole oh. time he's singing and dancing, I'm like, here we go. Then it's this, over. Yeah, the show's yeah, just the show's taking over. It. Yeah, we're nose diving. Where's yeah. Grodd? Where's the big gorilla oh. who's going to take the city down? That's what I want. Oh, I remember Grodd. Yeah, man. They from the ju- that's Justice League. Y- yes. Okay. Flash is in Justice League. Yes, it's yeah. coming. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> that's a song. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, my song. Yeah. My my uh, musical <laughs> moment is going to come in. No. <laughs> but I remember that guy, Grodd, Gorilla. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Who's like some somehow smart and can like yeah. read minds and put things. Is he thoughts- purple? No. no. Well, maybe in the comics, but not in the show. No. Scary. Gorillas are a little frightening. Yeah. My kids were watching. They watched those um, videos where, like, you know, animals gone wild. And <laughs> they just were watching. It was. It's old. It's where the little girl's at the, at the zoo, and she's pounding her chest, and then the gorilla, like, <laughs> breaks the glass. Oh, my God. Yeah. I got to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's all we've been. I, I need to get out of quarantine. Oh, that's it. I literally disappeared for four hours yesterday morning. And my husband just sent me a text and he was like, no note. And I was like, bitch, <laughs> I am done. Like, I just woke up and I was like, I'm going to bring my mom coffee. Like, I'm going to go by my mom's house and drop coffee off. And that's what I did. And they were so happy to see my face. Yeah. Yes. You know, because they're not going anywhere. No, no one's going anywhere. <sighs> it's fucked. It's sad. I know. It's it's not. Have you seen your parents at all? Um. So, yeah, I did have an encounter <laughs> The third encounter <laughs> with them where I was on the sidewalk and they were sitting on the bench mm-hmm. in front of their house and you know um and my children started to like inch of course closer and yeah. I'm, I'm pulling them back and then my dad got offended well yeah my dad like, started listen. to come approach me and I was like no 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 yeah. no back up you know I just stay away I know although um I did it so my sister-in-law did a fun thing um she was like, let's do like a, a baking competition yesterday. Okay. And she, um, she's like, whatever you have in your house, like try to make something. Cause she's like, let's all make banana bread. And I was like, I don't have any bananas. <laughs> and she's like, well then just make what you have. 
So, um, yeah, we just decided whatever you have in the house, make it. And that's what we did. And then my son made something. And, yeah, so we all made a, a little uh, a dish. My niece, my sister-in-law, my father-in-law. Aww. Yeah, and then we all, um, you know, did the WhatsApp video chat. And we oh, all cool. shared our little creations and talked about what we did and nice what we substituted. So it turned out good. I have to say, I, I love the cake that I made. It was like, I think one of the best cakes I've ever made. That's awesome. Because I didn't have milk and I didn't have butter. So I used oil and then I used um, alcohol and coffee to substitute <laughs> for the milk. That should always be a substitute for milk. Yeah. And then I added like some, um, I had like random like chips left over from like uh, cookies that I had made. So I mixed those together. Nice. Yeah. Then I did a little ganache on the top. I was like, let's go. Ganache. Oh yeah. my God. So, so fancy. It's very fancy. <laughs> I know. I was like, look, and I drizzled it. I was very excited. I took cool. it very seriously. Yeah. But it was you. fun. And then she has us, she's like, let's do another thing. So next weekend, <laughs> we're all going to showcase a recycled project. So we're, um, she's like, let's um, some something in the house, recycle it and make it into like a planter or something for like the garden for outside. Yeah. You have a wonderful patience. Yeah. I would say go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, let's do it. This is I exciting. Would, everybody be showing the recycle project. I'd put a picture of me <laughs> napping. That's what I would send. I'm tired. I'm I saw tired funny. too, but it's, it's, you know, I'm like, kids, let's do it. It gives us Good all, you. It's, it's something. I saw a, a meme today that was funny and it said, I haven't done anything all day and I'm tired. Like I haven't yes. done one thing and I'm tired. I feel I like that all the time in quarantine. I do too. I, I, I was just saying that to my husband that I do feel more tired than normal. Yeah. And I look across the street and I saw a family out there today, like, you know, two kids and their parents like exercising. And I was like, damn, they're all like running around together. So they're such good. That's such a good person. Aren't they? Aren't those good people? I, I don't know. I find that better than me. <gasps> no, no. Eh. Don't take it. I mean, go out for a walk. You guys go out for walks. Eh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I go out for walks to get away. You know what I mean? Yes. My I kids do don't want to go even go out for walks. They don't want to do anything either. I, yeah. But they take their cues from me. Certainly not from their father. He's running. He's bike riding. Jesus, Maron, he's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? That's been me. Yeah, I do. I do. I run every day, almost at least five days a week. That's good. And then I do take this. So the kids have been coming on walks. Oh, yeah. But I, I kind of enjoy the walks better when I go by myself yes. in the evening because when they come, it's like they're fighting. Yeah, you know, they're picking up sticks. They're next oh, thing you know, yes. you know. My one little one will start beating a tree with a stick, and I'm like, "No, let's hug the trees. Let's let's not, you know, number one, it's not our tree. <laughs> yeah, let's and not, it's like I don't the need neighbor's a tree, yeah. and he's there with a stick, just like beating the side of a tree. Oh, I'm like, what are you God. doing? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and then he's like pulling flowers. I'm like, no, just can I just walk the dog alone? Yeah. So, but now this is like their thing. Anytime I'm like, I'm gonna go walk the dog. Well, I wanna go. That's their problem. Don't yeah. announce anything. When Just I left go. here yesterday, I grabbed my keys and I locked the door so quiet. <laughs> Nobody heard it. And I was like, zoo, 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 bye. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. And you just like drove around for four hours. Yes. Oh. Yes. That sounds amazing. I went and got coffee, brought to my mom, talked to her for a while, you know, like through the. Yeah. And then uh, and then I, yeah, I drove all the way to 17th Street Causeway, went all the way down through the beach just to look oh. at what was happening. And they've got it down one lane over there now. And so I was just just driving listening to fiona apple oh my god 
which is probably why I've been so angry. It's she's just you got like the angst going. Yes, I think I have to take a couple of days off of that album, just because it gets me going. Yeah, I'm already angry. I don't need to be more angry. Well, I uh, talked to you already about what I've been angry about with yeah. our presidential choices. Yeah. So, well, that's been upsetting me. As it should. So. I, I'd be disturbed if you weren't yeah. upset about it. You know what I mean? And the people who keep putting like Biden, Biden, I'm like, I can't believe how how blindly people just fall in line. But that's yeah. how we've had the, the list of winners running for office in the first place, you I know? know? Is we just blindly follow and do, you know. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I have to because we have a, a terrible second option. Yeah. But it's really, it's making me just upset. I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. I think that's what I'm struggling with most. Yeah. I, I Like if these allegations are true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I, they have, you know, I, I don't like this idea of, if, you know, with, with Kavanaugh and other people, we're quick to say, believe the victim. And now it's like, well, yeah. and, and no, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, we can't. The, the more that we do that, the more that we put victims at risk, the more that we silence women from coming out and speaking out against people who have hurt them. Yeah. And it's a it, matter of convenience. And it, And is it inconvenient that she's coming out now? And who knows why? And when people choose to share their story, but more and more stuff is coming out that this was around for yeah. quite a while. And here's the thing that's fucked up. And, and we know that he's been handsy. Yeah. You know, that's the thing too, is like, I don't like also the thing of being dismissed because, oh, it was so long ago or that's how he might've been. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't there's matter. Too, how many, there's plenty of men who don't have this kind of bullshit in their background or this kind of, these kinds of things that could ever come out. Yes. So Let's not make an excuse that it was once upon a time. This is yes. how things were. And then, no. like, and then we have to sit through another person mm-hmm. in leadership with 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 this stain, and women have to sit and and go. Well, there's our leader. No, and, we don't and, have to do anything. You know, we don't it, have it to just, do anything. It's it's just pissing me off. I hear you. You know, freaking the United States. <laughs> we can't have a female leader ever. Tina, I mean, we're so damn backwards. Listen, vote blue no matter who, Tina. I know. <laughs> I'm going to do it. If I hear that one more time, I, I might burn something down. I know. I might just go across the street and burn a tree down and see yeah. vote blue no matter who. How about that, motherfuckers? How about that? Yeah. Vote blue no matter who, but then you hand me a pile hand, of shit yes. to vote for. Yes. How about vote blue no matter who how and about, do your fucking job, about DNC? Who, do your job and get me a to candidate. say, Biden, step back? No, but... Nobody will ever do that. You know, I, but here's the thing. We have to remember this again in four years. Cause he's, even if he wins, he's not running again. So we better start working on who the next person is going to be. But whoever the party, hopefully these older, good, like, hopefully has a good VP pick that can move forward. Well, I heard they were, I mean, I know everybody likes this, this governor in, in Michigan and she seems phenomenal, <gasps> but she's also white. So what I about, hope we're not talking yeah, about her. Okay. Here are my two people. Okay. Stacey Abrams, yes. which of course I know there's gonna be people like Stacey Abrams that people are gonna like flip out and, no, and I, I love that. God. But yes. what about Duckworth? Yes, I like her. Duckworth, be, imagine her yeah. with Pence mm. talking about her military experience saying, Look what I gave up. Yeah. What have you done? But 
Tina, she again, I, I, you have to remember we don't live in those times anymore. Ugh. You always say this about Republicans. Like, remember when we did Rick Scott and I you're know. like, what, you, what have you done for your community? Republicans don't give a fuck about community. But they're they all military, military. And she, yeah. I mean, she gave her legs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is she, she is, and, and, but, but her family, where's her family from? That's where they're going to try to get that she's not American. I don't and, know a lot about Duckworth. You know? Yeah. I, I think those are my two. Like, oh, those please. Are good. Those are good. Please. Well, it definitely has to be a Someone. woman. Someone. Has to be a woman. Well, he already said. Well. I know. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, mean that doesn't, right. But yeah, no. Yeah, I, please I let it be Stacey Abrams or Duckworth. Please. Well, those are very good. Let's we'll just know do it. soon, right? Like, Let's what do you do think? It. Just do you it. I think after August, right? They'll announce something? Yeah. And I know, and I loved Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should pick Warren. No. No, 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 no. He can't pick Warren. She doesn't need that bullshit. No, she's very she good needs, senator. Yeah, and but 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 give her something else. She's you a know, big, yeah, um, treasury something. But but like he needs to, they, they please someone to be smart. This has to be a very important smart choice, or I'm going to lose my mind. Like I will be able to vote and and feel better. If I'm really, really on board with the VP, if I'm not on board with the VP and it's him, like it's, it's going to make me want to vomit. I, I mean, I hear you. And I just think that, um, and I've been I don't reading think it matters. I don't I think know. it matters because, um, unfortunately he, Trump is as popular as ever. And he's, especially with people having to stay home and now they're coming out and protesting for their freedoms or all this stuff that they're doing. That's fine. Whatever. But it's like, it's not, it's, I know when they are taking language of my body, my choice. Yeah. And, and let my people go and, and they don't see the irony. Yeah. It's who are these people that they don't, they don't see that, that, that they're trying the level what your reaction is exactly, but don't even give them that energy. I know. Don't your, your reaction is exactly what they want. They want you to feel like a triggered, like snowflake or whatever. Yeah. I, it's not worth it. Whatever. My only thing with them doing that is that the police have to be there and they don't need, they shouldn't have to be exposed to COVID to because of these morons you know like yeah they, there's just the running rampant out there and in michigan they blocked a road to a hospital i mean it's I just know. so ridiculous but but trump is as popular as ever and so i don't think we can be we should be surprised if he gets reelected in 2020 because this is the kind of stuff that they spin in his favor he can yeah. use all of this in his favor and we can't forget that he is a very popular president with those people and at that base yeah and i don't know I know that we wanted somebody good on the on the Dem side for independence to come out and vote or third party voters to come out and vote for the Democrat over Trump. I don't know if Biden's it. So the VP pick, I don't know who would be able to appeal to those those voters. I don't know. We have a very small margin of who we're looking at, right? I we're know. looking for third party voters and we're looking for people who voted for Trump and are dissatisfied. And I don't know if Biden appeals to any of, I have no idea. It's such I a don't. blind spot, really. It's really, except I think the people the, who vote, which are boomers, like yeah. baby boomers vote, they love Biden. They love Biden. And so I know they'll come out, but will the black community come out for Biden? I think so. Yes. Yeah. And so we have to start thinking about who are those third party independent voters and can we count on them? I, I, I don't I think know. if there's a good VP that could get 
some of the Bernie bros, you know what I mean? Like there needs to be a nice balance there because I feel like Biden is is that moderate pick. Yeah. So it would be nice to see a more progressive. Yeah. You know, like just like give a little. I know. Dear God. I know. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. That's We're okay. rambling. No, it's good. It's Ramble just... on, baby. I'm singing again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot. Yes. It's, it's very hard to uh, to want to get on board. It's hard. I'm not excited. And I think that that's a dumb thing anyway to get excited. It's nice to get excited, but yeah. it's not necessary. And so I can't sit here and go, oh, I want to fall in love. I don't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I just don't want Trump there. That's it. That's that's, like, well, that's where we are. That's, that's where we sad, are. To, to be someone who's in, who is involved and excited about candidates and, and like pays attention. It's disappointing that this is our candidate and um, we have to rally behind him. I don't want to do that. I will vote for him. So don't right. fucking send me e- any emails or send me any messages. Yes. Of course I'm going to yes. vote for him. Yes. It's just very difficult. I'm, guess what? I'm, I'm probably going to make some phone calls and oh. if we can walk on doors, I'm probably knock on doors. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to do that when things open. I'm going to do it because at the end of the day, there is one goal, and that is to trump Trump. Right? Yeah. We, that that's that's where I'm at, and so I'm gonna have to swallow. And I'm and I'm shocked that when I see <laughs> I'm shocked on when I see on Facebook when I see friends of ours that are so for him. It, it's shocking. I I don't understand why how that's possible. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand how they can just get right in line and and stand behind this person, but. I guess that's just me. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I have a certain expectations of how I want to feel about a yeah. candidate and I don't feel it, but I'll vote for him. Same. Okay. okay. It's you. Yes. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about U.S. Senator Ted Stevens and the Corrupt Bastards Club. Oh, I love <laughs> that. The corrupt, that sounds like a band name. Oh, that would be a great band name. The Corrupt Bastards Club. Bastard, bastards club. Like a yeah, it would be. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Alaska. Have you no. ever been to Alaska? No, I'm dying to go to Alaska. Please, gorgeous. Just for the beautiful uh, mountains, the forests. It's gorgeous, and I've seen um, people going on cruises. You know, around Alaska. Yes. I, okay, I want to go to Alaska. Just I, when I was a kid, my dad would always say, "We're gonna go. We're gonna." <laughs> We're going to move to Alaska. And I, I would say, well, why? Because we watch all those like nature. You remember the, the nature? Yeah. What was it with the little bear? It was like the, the Wildlife Federation. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah whatever, yeah, yeah, the yeah. PBS. And he go, why, why don't we go to Alaska? It's nice. Or the bears. Or what? And I would be like, yeah, me, me and my brother. Yes, yes. And my mother would be like, please, yeah. no one's going to Alaska. <laughs> and he never made it? He never made it? No. Oh. No. I want to take him there with me. Oh, my God. He would love it. Oh, my God. All right. Let's go. <laughs> um, okay. So Alaska counts on profits from oil money yes. as a huge part of their financial security as a state, okay? 85% of their budget is from oil royalties. Today, more than 77,000 jobs and $4.8 billion in wages are tied to the oil and gas industry. And um, as of March 2020, Alaska produces 518,165 barrels of oil per day. What? Yeah, it's a lot. Dang. So also there's this... There's an ass, uh, it's called, um, a la- ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm literally Bart Simpson at this point. Um, Alaska permanent fund. 
Have okay. you ever heard of this? Okay. No. So this was created in 1976 by the state legislature to manage the $55 billion revenue that the states gets the state gets from allowing oil companies to drill on their land. My God. Shortly after the oil from Alaska's North Slope began flowing to market through the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System, the permanent fund was created by an amendment to the Alaska Constitution. It was designed to be an investment where at least 25% of the oil money would be put into it to a debt to this dedicated fund for future generations who would no longer have oil as a resource. This does not mean the fund is solely solely funded by oil revenue. So they also put other money into it. Right. But they're thinking about, hey, this shit's not going to last forever. Yes. You know? So the Alaska Permanent Fund sets aside a certain share of oil revenues to continue benefiting current and all future generations of Alaskans. The Alaska Permanent Fund Corporation manages the assets of both the Permanent Fund and other state investments but spending fund um, spending the fund income is up to the legislature. So they say what they're going to spend the money on and what so the legislature does. Okay. Um, the corporation is is to manage for a maximum prudent return. So they do investments with the money. The fund grew from an initial invest, investment of seven hundred thirty four thousand dollars in nineteen seventy seven to approximately fifty three point seven billion dollars. Holy cow! As of July two thousand fifteen. Holy yeah. cow! It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Look, beyond. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So some growth was due to good management, some to inflationary reinvestment, and some via the legislative decisions to deposit extra income during the boom years. Like super oh, smart, right? Yes. Each year the funds realized um, earnings. Earnings are split between inflation proofing, operating expenses, and the annual permanent fund dividend. So. The dividend is each year since 1982, each Alaskan um, who's lived in the state for at least a year receives a check every year from this fund. Dang. So um, it started in, in the first year. They all, Everyone that, that was a resident of Alaska received $1,000 for the year. And that I'm was just to like, Alaska. <laughs> yeah. And that was just like the first boom of like here, yeah. this is starting, you know, people loved it. The next year, it was like $368 because they it kind of, the first one year was just like a little taste, right? Yeah. And so then they gave them 300 and it's gone up since then. So in 2019, the check that was sent to each resident was $1,606. That's, that's so, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So here's what I think about uh, when I read all of this and like how, how many jobs and they get this money, the $1,600 every year, whatever, but the jobs, the money, you know, so from an outsider, we're always like, stop drilling in Alaska, like that kind of thing. The, the people living there, that's, yeah, that's, that's who they are. Like, well, that's, and what else is going on in Alaska? Really? Right. And that's what they have. Yeah. And at least they've acknowledged in some way doing these investments and having this fund that it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about Alaska is that they became a state, I think in 1959 yeah. is they've always been. You know, they came around a lot later than the rest of us. Yes. They don't like D.C. You know, they don't like no, they're, outsiders. They're, yeah. They feel like they're on their own. That's their oil. That's their that's their investment. That's their they don't want they don't want anything from the outside. Right. So I think Out, a lot of this, too, is about staying independent from the rest of the country, being able to take care of their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Outside of oil. Yeah. What? What? So the oil and gas, which is kind of the same thing, yeah. but what I think tourism, does... I, I'd imagine there is tourism, hunting, yeah. you know, I think that there's like fishing and hunting and I think there is a lot of that there, Yeah, but a lot of it is so, um, like uncharted because it's so, it's, it's vast. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's beautiful there. But um, they did get a lot of money. Like, they don't really talk about this a lot, but their senator, this this Ted Stevens, he was their senator forever, but he did send a lot of money back to Alaska from D.C. Like, it was like $98 million over the what? time he was there. He did make sure that money was going back, yeah. even though they don't really talk about that too much. But he did do Dang. his part. Yeah. Okay, so... In February 2016, Alaska Governor Frank Murkowski unveiled a state bill to start taxing crude oil based on oil company profits rather than production levels. Oh. So this is not good for oil companies. Um, He wanted to raise the percentage to 22.5%. Murkowski felt that he knows like, we need to get some money. Why are all these, it's their oil. I also read something that was really, that I thought was really interesting because there was a, a, an opinion piece that came out, and we'll put the link in our notes, but it was like this guy was saying basically this corrupt bastards club still exists in Alaska. He was saying in Iraq, like BP um, is, is, oil, is drilling there, and they're also drilling in Alaska, but in Alaska they get paid like 17 times the amount for a barrel <gasps> of oil than they do in Iraq. Mm. So like it's still, there's still some yes. sort of corrupt thing happening. You know what I yes. mean? Okay, so... Um, Murkowski felt that the state and its residents weren't receiving their fair share of the billions of dollars the oil companies were making each year. God, these damn companies. I know. (laughs) The oil companies, of course, sent their lobbyists to Juneau um, to fight against this increase. And one oil company in particular, Vico, went another route by contributing to re-election campaigns and then meeting with electeds in a private hotel suite. Uh Uh-oh. And when the vote hit the floor in March 2006, it died. Okay, so all these legislators started voting against it. In um, a spring of 2006 article written by Lori Backus, the executive director of All Alaska Alliance, named 11... So this article went to about three different major newspapers in Alaska. It named 11 lawmakers who had received large campaign contributions from executives Uh, of the oil field services company, Vico Corporation. So gross. Yeah, which had a long history of making large campaign contributions to Alaskan Alaska politicians. The article also named Senate President Ben Stevens as having received large consulting fees from Vico. So Ben Stevens is Ted Stevens' son. Ted Stevens uh, is a U.S. Senator from Alaska. Ben Stevens is his son, and he's the Senate President in the Senate in Alaska. That sounds convenient. Yeah. In the article, Backus detailed the amount of political campaign contributions received or contributed between 1998 and 2004 by the top seven Vico cons- executives. To Alaska lawmakers who were in, were in office at the time her article was written, the figures were based on reports to the Alaska public offices. So what Vico did is they had their seven executives personally contribute money to all. So wow. I think that I think the most you could give is like five hundred dollars, but yeah. all seven gave five hundred dollars to all these different campaigns, and just looked fishy, right? Yes. So the following legislators were named: uh, Senator John Cowdery. Um, he was the Senate Rules Committee chair. He was given $24,550. Dang. <laughs> Representative Pete Cott, former Speaker of the House, was given $21,300. Representative Norman Rockberg, um, the House Rules Committee chair, was given $18,000. Rese- Representative Vic Korig, Koring um, was given 14708 Governor Frank Murkowski was given $6,500. Um, Representative Kevin Meyer was given $12,300. Representative Chen Holt was given twelve thousand. Uh, Representative Leslie or Lesel McGuire was given twelve thousand. Senator Con Bundy was given eleven thousand five hundred. Lydia Green twenty eight thousand. Mike Hawker eight thousand fifty. 
and Tom Anderson eight thousand dollars. Wow! So these oil company guys are really greasing yeah. someone's <laughs> palms over there. Is that uh, what's happening? Yes. <laughs> uh, I wish I had thought of that. God damn it! <laughs> okay. Um, additionally, Backus noted the consulting contract Senate President Ben Stevens had with Vico Corporation and financial relationships other lawmakers had with other companies active in the oil and gas industry, including ConocoPhillips and ASCG Incorporated. The name, quote, Corporate Bastards Club began being used to designate Alaska legislators implicated in the federal corporate uh, federal corruption. Mm. One of the lawmakers named in the article said, quote, somebody walked up in the bar and said, you corrupt bastards. And that name stuck like they liked it. They like oh. they called themselves part of yeah, they were They loved that they were part of this. That's so, I mean, it's terrible, yeah. but I imagine they're like, yeah, we're, we're and the, the, also, the other part, Yeah, but the other part of it is like, they're out there. And they in the know middle, what they're doing. Yeah, but they're in the middle of nowhere. Like, nobody's paying attention to what's happening in Alaska. Yeah. Like, this was going on for a really long time, and nobody ever did. Yeah. Because nobody was paying attention to what these guys were doing, you know? So, in the first week of August 2006, an ill representative, Carl Moses, returned to Juneau from receiving treatment in, um, in Anchorage to cast a critical vote that ensured passage of a bill giving tax breaks to the oil industries. Okay, so that was shady, right? And the vote took place shortly after Moses received campaign contributions from Bill Allen, oh, come on. who was the CEO of VICO, yeah, and five other VICO executives. And he was the only Democrat to receive any money from, from VICO. Um, what they didn't know is that FBI had set up um, a room at the Baranoff Hotel suite, oh, uh, I suite love there, these. just three blocks away from the Capitol building. And in that room, they had they had a pinhole camera. No. And they were videotaping because of this article. The FBI was like, what the fuck's happening over here? Right. And they started videotaping um, Vico CEO Bill Allen just peeling off money out of his pocket and paying what? like legislatures would come in and stuff the money in their pockets. And be like, and then this the little camera like, just watching. Yeah, and this oh one guy, this one guy, um, he, one of the legislators was like, legislators was like, oh, I'd sell my soul to the devil. I BP's happy, Exxon Exxon Mobil's happy, blah blah blah. I'm selling my soul to the devil, and they're like, oh, we'll keep that in this room. Like that's what he he's literally counting off money and handing it to these guys. And so, and this is in a hotel. Yes. So that's how the FBI is able to do the setup. Yes. They can get in there, get yes. permission from the hotel. Yeah. Oh. And they so they got those campaign contributions, but they were also getting cash. Just handed them cash. Wow! And when they when they start to raid These their guys houses, are just so I know. And some slimy. of the cash they would give to like um, um, the guy Pete Cott, I believe his name was. Let me just look real quick. Yeah, Pete Pete Cott, one of the representatives. So they would give him cash, and then he would go and pay off other reps that weren't getting the campaign. And they'd uh, give him like five hundred dollars. Hey, don't vote this way, or don't like using that money wow. to pay off other representatives. Wow. Yeah. I mean, is there is there not an honest politician anywhere that just says, "I, I don't, think, I won't take the money"? Yeah, I think. Well, there were some that didn't, that did not. There were some that were. There were some on that list in that article that when they went to raid these offices, in which they end up doing. They found nothing like that. They were yeah. all legit. Didn't right. vote the way they were supposed to. Like they did not do what they said they want. You know, vote the way they were honestly just receiving campaign money. Okay. Which I'd imagine if you're running for office in Alaska, yes. you're going to get money from oil companies. Gosh. And that's not a knock against them because everybody there likes well, the oil. Company. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. Know? I mean, everyone is getting money from yeah from oil. It's not a bad. We, it's not looked at like we look at it. Yeah. You know, from the outside. 
So on August 31st and September 1st, 2006, the FBI ser- uh, served 20 search warrants in mm-hmm. Anchorage, Juneau, Wasilla, Eagle River, Girdwood, and Willow, primarily on the offices of several legislators. Um, Republican legislator whose offices were searched included Senator John Codry, Senate President Ben Stevens, Representative Vic Corrig, Bruce Weyeranch, Pete Cott, and Bev, uh, Bev Masick, as well as Democratic Senator Donnie Olson. The warrants permitted the search of com- computer files, personal diaries, Alaska Public Office Offices Commission reports, and other items showing evidence of financial ties between legislators and the oil field service company Vico, as well as clothing items with the phrase "quote corrupt bastards club." No, or other other related CBC. No, they actually they had made shir- they yeah. Had- <laughs> yes, Tina. They made shirts and hats that said "No." Yes, that's how far removed they were of thinking that anything bad could happen here. Like they that they thought that it was a joke. So brazen. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "I'm gonna walk around with this shirt on." <laughs> yeah, because I'm a corrupt bastard. Yeah, it sounds but, white too, right? It's very white. It sounds like a, a crazy TV show. Yeah, like that. There's just these kooky guys walking <laughs> around town. Yeah. And by the way, I think they're making this into a TV show. I just when I was looking this up and looking oh, into it, it, it just it's. I it's think it's a great is, plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too bad it was real. Yeah. <laughs> Um, A search warrant for Senator Olson's Juno office made available by his office to the public specifically authorized the the seizure of documents relating to Vico, the executives Bill Allen, Richard Smith, Pete Lethard, and Roger Roger Chan. So these are all people who worked for Vico. So anything that had their names on it was to be taken, right? Um, Brooke Miles, then executive director of the Alaska Public Offices Commission, reported that the FBI began to collect public campaign reports and financial disclosure records on selected Alaska legislators perhaps a year prior to the raids and returned at the start of 2006 to obtain such records for all legislators. So they started digging before they, right? The FBI conducted a second search on the legislative Office of Republican State Senator Ben Stevens on September 18th, 2006, seizing among other items related to the proposed natural gas pipeline and the oil and gas tax law, which had been discussed in the Alaska legislature during the regular and two special legislative sessions in 2006. He had received consulting fees from at least three organizations that had benefited from the grants over $250,000 during the time he served on the board. This guy received the most money. And in total... In total, Vico had spent over four hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! In bribes and campaign and donations so, to get make sure that didn't happen. D- is there any criminal charges yes. placed on Vico? Yes. Oh, good, good. Well, the on the men, not the company. They oh. they and they ended up getting. But they're sold. working for the company. Yeah, and the company ended up you know being sold um, to a Colorado company. That picked okay. it up and, and bought it. They sold the company. But the, the guys that were doing this from the company did get into a lot of trouble. Okay. So let's talk about the pe- what happened after, what they found and who um, uh, who got in trouble. So Senator John Caudry, um, he had received $24,000. He pled guilty and was given six months house arrest and a $25,000 fine. Representative Pete Cott, um, he had received $21,000. He pled guilty yeah. after a previous conviction was overturned. A whole bunch of really shady legal stuff started happening. I don't, I couldn't really find too much except that I, from what I understand, the FBI 
and the U.S. you know the U.S. District Court like in D.C. is the one prosecuting these cases. They were there was there was all kinds of misdeeds and misconduct, which I'll talk about uh, a little bit later. That happened in these cases. Like I don't know oh, what that, was going like, on. Hindered the the, yes. the evidence. So of a lot the trial. of the, yes, they had to retry. Re, like uh, there was a whole bunch of times that that had to happen. Get your evidence in order, yeah, FBI. The evidence was, was fucked. On. Yeah, it was not good. So um, he pled. Okay, so Peacock pled guilty. Um, and then sentenced to time served. So he had three years supervised release and had a fine of $10,000. So basically, I mean, these guys are not uh, right. getting yeah. major time. Right. Vic Corrig pled guilty after his his, his thing was ov- was overturned the first time. And he was sentenced to time already served plus one year of supervised um, release. And then he, he had many appeals that were all denied. Um, Tom Anderson was charged with bribery from another company. Because then, you know, once they go in, start looking, they find all kinds of shit, right? Yes. And uh, because, and the FBI started digging into his finances and found payments from private prison corporations. Oh, God. And he was sentenced to 60 months in jail. Good. Lobbyist Bill Bo- uh, Bobrick was sentenced to five months in jail and five months probation. Representative Beverly Masick, she was sentenced to six months in prison and three years probation. Uh, lobbyist Bill Weimer pled guilty and served six months and had to pay a $75,000 fine. Representative wow. Bill, or Bruce Weirich, uh, Federal charges were dismissed, and he pled guilty to state charges. So many people. Yeah. It's a big club. Yeah, and he received a $1,000 fine and probation, and then he's now operating a private law practice in Juneau. Oh. <laughs> so he wasn't disbarred. Nope. That's nice. So the VICO executives. On May seventh, two 2007, VICO CEO Bill Allen and Vice President for Community and Government Affairs for the company, Rick Smith, pled guilty in U.S. District Court in Anchorage to charges of extortion, bribery, and conspiracy to impede the Internal Revenue Service. In addition to the three uh, politicians arraigned on May 4th, the new court filings mentioned illegal payments made to a former state senator named as, quote, Senator B in court documents who received over (gasps) $240,000 from VICO over several years. Wow. Which which, um, Senator B had reported as um, consulting fees on his income tax return. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, on May 7th, guilty pleas by Allen and Smith. They admit that the only work done by Senator B in exchange for the funds was advancing Vico's agenda in the state legislature, which yes. is against the fucking law. Yes. Right? The only uh, former state senator who matches the information contained in court documents about Senator B is former state senator Ben Stevens. So, wow. okay. So that's, it doesn't make any sense what happens with, with Ben Stevens after you realize all of that, you know, yeah. like he received all this money. Um, so, the, okay, so on May 11, 2007, at a meeting of the Vico Corporation's Board of Directors and Shareholders, Bill Allen resigned as the company CEO and chairman of its board of directors, citing, quote, the best interests of the corporation, uh, all of our companies, and our many valued employees and customers. Allen's daughter, Tammy Kerrigan, replaced him as chief chairman oh, of the board. Oh, come on. <laughs> of course. At the same time, or at the same meeting, Rick Smith resigned from his position as vice president. And October 29th, 2009, CEO Bill Allen was sentenced to three years in prison and $750,000 fine. Wow. And um, the day before, VP Rick Smith was sentenced to 21 months in prison and $10,000 fine. So the, the, the first one whose daughter replaced him, mm-hmm. um, he's head top of this company. Yes. So he he's has the one no- peeling off the money. Right. Okay. In the hotel so room. then he is, is, this is his choice to do it. So it's not like he was directed by someone. Exactly. Like he, he concocted this. This is his plan to move and protect Vico. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
So he can't have the excuse of, you no, know, I was under the duress of the company. Oh, please. Blah, blah. So he's the, yeah, he's the top dog. Yes. That's like, uh, we're yes. going to make this happen. Okay. Um, okay. So Ben Stevens, Stevens was investigated by the FBI in connection with an ongoing Alaska, this, this, this probe. And he's like the one with almost a quarter million dollars. Yes. He was the Senate yes. president at the time, though he was not charged with any crime. His office mm-hmm. was visited twice by FBI agents who seized evidence, including documents relating to an alleged payment scheme f- involving fisheries legislation. I didn't really get into this. I did see that what this is about. He basically kind of maneuvered this legislation where he could be a partner in it. And then at the end of his term, he was going to receive like $400,000 as being part of this fishery um, company. But you can't do that as, and when you're yeah, holding they, office. This is the kind of stuff that they found in his, but for some reason they couldn't benefit. get stuff to stick with this guy. Yeah. I, I couldn't really figure out why, but, um, but Bill Allen, so the CEO of Vico, he testified in a September 2007 trial that he had bribed Ben Stevens and two other state legislatures. In his six years in the Alaska Senate, Ben had received $240,000 from Vico for unspecified consulting fees. So uh, so by, by labeling it consulting so. fees is yes. how they got out of it because yes. you can't say that I wasn't consulting. Yes. I guess is that that's the Right, angle. and he reported it. It's not like he hid yeah. it. Yeah. Um, in September, Ooh. 2007, Stevens called an, Ac- an Anchorage talk show, um, to proclaim his innocence. Ugh. He said, quote, he didn't do anything illegal, um, and that he worked in the state's best interest as a Senator. He also received, um, $13,490 from Vico employees in 2002 with $5,500 coming from Vico's investigated executives. So, you know, wow. I, I know within one week, um, in 2002, Stevens had received the maximum of $500 contribution allowed by law. From each of those six executives. So the same thing we had talked about. After deciding not to seek re-election to the state Senate in 2006, Stevens continued to hold his post as a member of the Republican National Committee, although he was asked to step down several times. He wouldn't step down. Um, And then in December 2018, Stevens was named by incoming Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy as an advisor on legislation, transportation, and fishing. So he's back in it. Yes. And in July 2019, he became Dunleavy's chief of staff. (gasps) So he is back in the state legislature running the chief of staff, the governor. This is wild. Yeah. And I mean, the guy, the guy knows how to get around. He knows what to do. And yeah. Consulting fees. Tina. So let's talk about Ted Stevens because this was the biggest fish that was caught in this whole thing. Yeah. Ted Stevens was like a giant. They called him a lion in the Senate, in the U.S. Senate, because he'd been there for so long and he was really important to Alaska, you know? Yeah. Um, So Ted Stevens served as a U.S. Senator from Alaska. From, from Alaska from 1968 to 2009. My God. He was the longest serving Republican U.S. Senator in history at the time he left office. In 1952, he started his law career that took him to Fairbanks, Alaska, where he was appointed U.S. Attorney the following year. In 1956, he returned to Washington, D.C. to work in the Eisenhower, Eisenhower Interior Department, where he played an important role in bringing around the statehood for Alaska. Wow. I so think that's really like cool. instrumental <laughs> yeah, like to this state. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's just weird because, because it's such a new state yeah. that somebody like this <laughs> existed. Like, you yeah. know, like even when I re- was reading about governor, like that, um, like, um, he, Sarah Palin was their ninth governor or something. Yeah. You know, it's just so new still. So yeah. weird. Um, 
Okay, so let's see. Uh, he was elected to the Alaska House of Representatives in 1964 and became the House Majority Leader in his second term. In 1968, Stevens ran unsuccessfully for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate, but was appointed to Alaska's other Senate seat when it became vacant later that year. As senator, Stevens played key roles in legislation that shaped Alaska's economic and social development, including the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, the Trans-Alaska Pipeline Authorization Act, the Alaska National Interest Lands Conservation Act, and the uh, Magnuson-Stevens Fishery Conservation and Management Act. In 2006, under this probe, right? Yeah. U.S. Uh, Ted Stevens was also investigated by both the FBI and the IRS. Authorities investigated an extensive remodeling project done oh, at the Stevens Chalet in the small town of Girdwood. His chalet? Yes, in the small town of Girdwood, Alaska. Unusual suspects of this remodeling project, uh, I'm sorry, unusual aspects of this remodeling project uh, were that they were investigated where the project was supervised by Vico. Oh my! You <laughs> and invoices for the work. Are you serious? Wait, 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 wait! Listen to this. And invoices for the work on the residents were first sent to Vico before being sent to the senator. No. <laughs> Some of the issues investigated were the extent of work done on the home, exactly who paid the invoices from the construction contractors and their subcontractors, and the purpose and extent of Vico's involvement. How does he sleep in the chalet? I- <laughs> Very comfortably. Jeez. Oh it's a really man. cute house, too. I was looking at it. It's, it's I can really imagine. awesome looking. Yeah. Um, on the morning of July 30, 2007, agents from the FBI and IRS raided the residence in Girdwood. Photographs and video of inside and the outside of the residence were taken. Wine bottles in the home were photographed as objects of interest. And, you know, probably gifts. Oh, really yeah. expensive, right? On July 29, 2008, just a day short of the anniversary of the Girdwood raids, Stevens was charged with seven counts of false statements on financial disclosures involving Vico. And, um, and of course, because of the renovations done on his home, a federal grand jury charged Stevens with concealing more than $250,000 in oh home renovations, God. furnishings, and other <gasps> gifts from Bill Allen, that Vico CEO. That is so gross. Yeah. On October 27th, and he was in office for a long time. Yes. Since 1968. How much was, how long was this going on, right? On October 27th, 2008, U.S. Senator Ted Stevens was successfully prosecuted in the District of Columbia. Um, He was found guilty by a jury of all seven felonies against him. So here's, so eight days after the verdict, Stevens narrowly lost his reelection. So he was still running to be reelected. Oh my God. (laughs) As he's being prosecuted. This is just so beyond bonkers, these people. Oh, honey. He can't leave that seat. He had held that seat since December 24th, 1968. Yeah, this is his life. That's all. I mean, how old? He's old. He's old. Just retire. He's in his 80s. I know. What Um, is wrong with the. Just retire. I know. Go home. Yeah. Sit in your chalet and have some cocoa. Mm -mm. Damn, that chalet looked nice. Okay, so. And Coco sounds nice. Okay. So on here comes some crazy bullshit. You ready? On February 13th, 2009, U.S. District Judge Emmett Sullivan cited um, William M. Welsh, Brenda K. Morris, Patty Stemmler, who was the chief of the Justice Department Criminal Appeals Section, and another Justice Department attorney for contempt of court. Oh, no. The contempt, contempt citation was for failing to turn over to defense counsel for former Senator Ted Stevens documents relating to a complaint by Chad Joy, an FBI um, agent, alleging misconduct by prosecutors in the Stevens case. Uh-oh. Okay. 
So the FBI agent knew something was not right, that the, right. That, that the defense didn't have evidence they were supposed to have. Yes. And he told the judge, right? Yes. But so that judge, didn't... Yeah. So Judge okay. Sullivan had ordered on February 3rd, 2009, that the documents in question be given to the defense counsel. Yes, so now he's they're saying, supposed to have all the same evidence. Give this over. Yeah. Give yes. this over to them. So Judge Sullivan described the conduct of the Justice Department lawyers as outrageous. On February 16th, so 13 days later, the Justice Department stated in a court filing that it had removed six attorneys from, quote, litigation relating to the allegations of misconduct in the case against Stevens. So now they're taking attorneys off this case, right? Prosecutors. Yes. Oh, no. On April 1st, 2009, Attorney General Eric Holder decided to drop all charges <gasps> against Stevens after a review of the case turned up alleged evidence of prosecutorial misconduct, including failure, failure to fully disclose potentially exculpatory oh, evidence on. in response to a Brady motion by Stevens' attorneys. Stevens, since Stevens had not yet been sentenced, Holder's actions effectively vacated Stevens' conviction. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So and he does get to go back to the chalet and have cocoa. Yeah, except Uh-oh. Stevens, 17 months after leaving office, died <gasps> in a corporate executive airplane crash <gasps> on August 9th, 2010. Do, you don't remember that? No. Yeah. He was en route, en route to a um, hunting lodge. Like, he's living his life, honey, fully living that life. And he dies in a plane crash. Oh, goodness. So he would have, the charges vacated anyway. Yes. And then he has this this tragic ending. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Although he was found guilty, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, he's uh, clearly. Yeah. Okay. Who's living in the chalet now? God, Not I me. want a chalet. Me too. I mean, just the name. I know. Alone <laughs> makes it sound so cute. <laughs> For some reason in my head, I just popped up like putting up some blankets on some chairs oh. and like going underneath and being like, I'm in my chalet. <laughs> Sitting under my table being oh. like, I'm in the chalet. I just pictured, and crying. I just pictured like a little... Like real life gingerbread house. Yeah. <laughs> in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Everything sounds nice right now. God damn it. Okay. So here's the greatest part about this too, is that, so this all happened in 2006. So in the next, in the next election comes around is November, 2008, right? Yes. What happens here? We get, we get Barack Obama in the country. Oh, yeah. So, Sarah so Palin. DC turned blue. Yeah. And what happens in Alaska, which is really very Repu Republican state, there's there's Democrats there, but it's very Republican, is that the Republicans that are now running for office since this scandal are what the New York Times article that I found that we'll put into the into the notes is the new generation of Republicans in Alaska in Alaska. And lo and behold, who's who's our favorite new person is Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin yeah. And they talk about her in this article like she's coming in and she's like calling out, you know, she ran uh. for the seat of governor all on government reform. Yeah. And changing the way things are. And mm. we're not going to have this here. And we're going to clean house. She's one of the people who's calling out Ben Stevens saying, get the fuck off the um, Republican National. You shouldn't be in here. Get out. And you then know? what? And then so what? one of the first things Palin did uh, was successfully push for a law that raised taxes on oil profits to 25 percent, oh. which won passage in the state legislature in November 2007. The increase amounted to an estimated $1.6 billion annually um, increase to the state. Yes. So she came in and like swept in with all yeah. these other people, too, who were like, you know, younger and had yeah. a new way of thinking. And she went after oil companies like she yeah. is not afraid to. And now she's cuckoo. Well, she was probably always cuckoo. Yeah. But. It was, they took advantage of the situation. They took advantage yeah. of like, people don't like this corruption. Let's say that we're not corrupt, right? And she's a new face. Like, you can do that. You yeah. can do that when nobody knows who you are. Um, 
but that's the, you know, the crazy thing is, is that then she gets picked like oh a year, like, so she got into office and Do then you remember that watching those, um, oh, there was a documentary that I don't remember the name of and where she just like, didn't know, you know, countries and just com- completely clueless about yeah. like, lar- you know, great for maybe Alaska. Yeah. She wasn't uh, ready, but there was no, 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 I mean, and then she got this national platform and then things just like, you know, yeah. like she became the face of like that Republican woman. Yeah. You know, I made a mistake here. I just realized when I'm looking at the year, she was elected in November, 2006. Yes. So all of this stuff started happening two in the years spring prior. of 2006. Yes. And so a few months later she was elected, but then she was picked, picked in November, in 2008, 2008. Yes, to yes, run yes. with. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but while she was in during that time, she made a lot of changes before she was picked to be VP for McCain. Yes. So, and then she left. Like they lose the election. And I think it was some point in 2009, she resigned early from her seat. Remember that? She left being governor of Alaska. There was something in, going um, on. July though. of 2009. She was a star. That's what was going on. Yes. She saw herself as bigger than being the governor of a state yeah. and left her office early. Yeah, she became this this talking head. Yeah. You know? So anyway, that's the story of the Corrupt Bastards Club. Oh my God. I want a shirt. Ooh, <laughs> Corrupt Bastards Club would be so good. Yeah, it's I'm telling you. Someone make, make it. a make a band, make a band, make a band. <laughs> Welcome to Ivy League Murders. Ah, the Ivy League. They are the eight most prestigious colleges in the nation. And as we've seen recently, people will do or pay anything to get their kids into them. When you hear Ivy League, what comes to mind? Is it the hallowed halls of education and tradition? Professors in tweed coats pontificating about Walt Whitman? Elitism? Finals clubs? What you probably don't think of is murder. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League Exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? We deep dive into the stories behind the picture-perfect Ivy Leaguers who appear to have everything and throw it all away. And for what? Love? Money? Obsession? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of former Boise, Idaho mayor, H. Brent Coles. Mm. Yes. So, um... Just to highlight some of the sources, I uh, got a lot from the Idaho Statesman, um, New York Times, the Lewiston Tribune, et cetera, and all of our sources. You guys know where to go at this point. So Brent Coles held the mayor's seat in Boise for 10 years, from 1993 until 2003. But when allegations of misuse of public funds come to light, Mayor Coles finds himself stuck in the muck. (laughs) (laughs) So again, we have similar theme of misuse of, you know, of just, I know, of just weird connections to money Mm -hmm. this week. So our story takes place in Boise, Idaho, which is the capital of the state and also has, um, I found interesting, uh, a really one of the largest population of uh, Latter-day Saints, of Mormons. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I always think of Utah, 
But yeah. I guess there are the the uh, New Mexico and mm-hmm. I guess Idaho and even into Mexico, there's these larger populations, which I wasn't aware of. But Mayor Coles was a member of the uh, LDS. Okay. So um, just to give you a little bit of background, he ran and won in 1993 and then he, for that mayor seat, and he won re-election in 97 and 2001. And during his career, he was named president of the United States Conference of Mayors in 2000. Wow. And that's like a really big deal. Uh, the U.S. Conference of Mayors helps create national policy, build relationships, and it helps mayors develop leadership skills. And it ultimately becomes a place where mayors can share ideas and just connect and, you know, have this 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 camaraderie. Yes. It's a gr- it's a good idea. Yeah. And so he's president of that. Um, he earns that in 2000. So I think it's pretty impressive to earn that. Mm-hmm. Um, according to an article in the Idaho Statesman by Sven Berg. Cole was also one of the people considered by then President George W. Bush to be named the drug czar. And the drug czar is basically, uh, that's what they call it. It's the director uh, for the Office of National Drug Control Policy. Hmm. So he was in the running for that. And he also um, was known for his work in protecting the Boise foothills. And he put forward this tax levy uh, plan that brought in $10 million to protect that area of of, uh, the Boise foothills. So he did you know, some good stuff in his tenure as mayor. But some rumors start surfacing around this guy. And according to Berg, um, that article, people were talking about not only Cole, but other City Hall employees' possible corruption. And allegedly, the then chief of staff, Gary Lyman, and a human resources director, Tammy Rice, were using city funds to pay uh, for personal items and for trips Mm -mm. and so uh, this investigation kind of gets started and so the other piece is there's this LDS angle so like I said he's a member of the Latter-day Saints and so was Gary Lyman okay um, as well and after some digging investigators found that a lot of the side trips were made to LDS temples and events. So they were spending city money on trips that they were making Mm. to like the Mormon temples and the other things. And there was one trip that they went on where Mayor Coles and Lyman went to New York for business, but then they took the city attorney. um, Her name was Susan Mimurma and her assistant to dinner and a Broadway show. And which according (laughs) to the Lewiston Morning Tribune was um, Coles tried to say later that it was a creative bonus <laughs> that like, that's why like they paid for these tickets. Yeah. But obviously, uh, he spent like $2,000 of city money wow. for this trip for, for the tickets and the dinner and, and the whole thing. And so like, God, can you, it, what, at what point does this make sense to people? I know. I mean, this is, this is what it is. Um, and so, um, later, Regarding that, according to a Missoulian article, uh, Coles addressed the spending and noted that it, quote, did violate the public trust and the trust of the city council, but he said he would not step down as mayor. Oh, no. Right. Surprise, yeah. surprise. So after more digging, one of the investigators, uh, Wasden, noted, the investigation identified a common theme underlining many of these personal trips in that they involved visits to sites deemed sacred or revered by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm. So 
um, another independent audit, um, this other news source, the Desert News, talked about an independent audit that found that Coles and Lyman used those city dollars to purchase copies of LDS books <sighs> to visit those temples. And as a result of all of this um, coming to light, they were they weren't excommunicated from um, the the church, but they held p- leadership roles within the church, and they were stripped wow. of, of those titles from the church um, because of that. So the major incident that causes cold to like finally go down. So there was another member of the city council who started getting suspicious. So there's Coles, who's the mayor. Yeah. There's that chief of staff. There's the human resources director. There's all these people of, a part of, you know, working for the city. But there was a, another city councilman who was like, things don't seem right. And and that person is the one that got suspicious and um, started looking at some of the travel expenses oh. and got the attorney general's office involved. They launch an investigation, and that's where they find you know, all of this misuse. So um, the original thing that they sort of try to pin on him is he was charged with accepting a trip from Blue Cross, um, which is like an insurance company, Mm -hmm. to the 2002 Olympics in nearby Utah at the time. And because Blue Cross does business with the city, providing their employees with insurance, (laughs) Coles is not allowed to accept any kind of gift from them, which he would have known, but he accepts these tickets to, for him and his wife to go to the Olympics. And later on a jury ends up dropping those charges, but that's like the first thing that sort of gets them in the um, investigation. And Coles um, finally does resign. And he says, I'm resigning today, not because I believe I'm guilty, of any criminal mm-hmm. wrongdoing, but because I do not want these charges to impair the conduct of the city's important business. Oh, fuck you. I oh, know. Fuck. Give me a break. So the original charges were one count of fraud and four counts of misuse of public funds. So like I said, at first, um, <clears throat> as you can see from the resignation, like he's like, I didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. So he pleads in innocent. Um, but then... He finally, he, he takes this Alfred plea and he admits guilt to two felonies. So he had one count of fraud, four counts of misuse of public funds. And he does a plea deal where he um, admits to two of the, the felonies. Okay. And so he faced up to five years in prison and 10 years each on the four counts of misuse of public funds. So that was a potential 55 years in prison. And a potential $50,000 for each count, which would have been $250,000. So those are huge counts. (laughs) Lead down. So he he pleads down. So in the end, he is sentenced for guess how much? Um, Time served. Right. (laughs) Right? Close, close. (laughs) Six months in jail. Yeah. So he's sentenced to six months. He's ordered to write letters of apology to the community. Mm -hmm. He has to complete a behavior change course. (laughs) <laughs> and he's ordered to pay about 5000 in restitution. So it goes from possible like 50 years and yeah. 250000 down to six months and 5000 Do you think that when they take gifts, that in somewhere in his head he think he's justifying it as saying like, I deserve this? I deserve, I'm the mayor. Like why else would you take it? Because you should, you know, you know, it's... 
of course it's tempting yeah. to want to take something like that. It's a and nice what, gesture, but in what way do you think that that's okay for you to do? Because you right. have to know. And I wonder what is Blue Cross getting out of offering the Olymp- the tickets to the Olympics? I don't know, but it, well, it's probably, what it, I mean, obviously they're already doing the insurance for the city. Yeah, and at, when you're elected, you have to sit through at least for most cities and, and especially in a state legislator, but in cities, you have to sit through one of these courses where they tell yes, you, they go through, if you're a newly elected, they tell you all the things you are not allowed to yes. do. Like in Florida, we have, we have the sunshine laws. Sunshine laws. You can't discuss with a fellow uh, elected that sits with you at this commission. Anything. You can't discuss anything that's not anything. on public record. Even, even in, um, so, you know, I sit on that education advisory same board Me and too. the same thing. You, yes. you get your binder yes. and, everything has to be transparent yes. and and it's all yeah and it's a pain in the every, ass and you got to sign yes it's a pain when you work yes. on a, when you work on a um a committee like that because you want to the only time you get to work is in the meeting yes you can't you know so to get an idea or something i had to send it to you have to the the, the person who works for the city and like can you ask everybody this yes. for me or what can yes. you see what they think because you can't get any other yes. you can't discuss it unless it's all on the record in some way correct it has to go through the but, email and then that, that yes. email gets sent out to everyone yes. and then yeah yes. then the back and forth but every, you're taught all of these things, no gifts, et cetera, et cetera. So this man knows these things. How, yes. in what universe does he think that this is, sounds like something that's okay? And the fact and, that he would take trips. Yes, buying $2,000 worth of tickets. I right. took, uh, my daughter and I went to New York a couple of years ago. I bought Broadway tickets. I didn't take out the company credit card to pay yes. for it. It doesn't make it, that would be insane. It it's, makes it's, no sense. It's, it's wacky. Yeah. So when he gets sentenced, Coles does state, Quote, I was elected by the citizens of this community to do the right thing every day with every dollar and with every penny, every ounce of trust they gave to me. I broke that trust Mm. and I know it and I accept that responsibility. I blame no one else but myself. Oh, well, look at this. So he comes. I'm shocked. But wait. Oh, God. So then the interim mayor, then a Carolyn Turtling Payne said Mm. about the incident. It, it suddenly made us see that even though we're a small community and even though we trusted everybody implicitly, we still needed to be tougher and tighter because mm. they were like, I can't believe that he's spending this money and he's doing all of this stuff and we weren't aware of it. Mm. Um, so some points of interest. Coles was the first LDS member to be named mayor of Boise. So mm. that was, that's, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, it was like big news for that community. Yeah. Um, I thought this was really interesting um, that I love the hypocrisy of, of uh, religious leaders. Okay. And I was so, going to say something about the LDS uh, holding him responsible, but go ahead. We'll talk so about that. <laughs> Coles, um, one of the things that he did, it was he fought to ban nudity in Boise. <laughs> so in strip, what? yeah. So in strip clubs, um, he put forward like this um, resolution that dancers had to wear halter tops and shorts like they oh couldn't be naked God, honey. and, but it was later overturned because it <laughs> violates free speech. But, <laughs> Go but, get them girl. Yeah. One newspaper, the Missoulian, uh, Missoulian noted that allegedly Coles, oh. right? This proponent against public nudity. Oh, don't tell me he got his lap dance. Lyman took a trip to Key West <gasps> and they had dinner at a resort where people all tan naked. Kid. Oh my god! Oh, and that dinner they they charged to the city one hundred fifty bucks. <gasps> <laughs> so, so they sold titties and they didn't pay. Yes, for it? This is some bullshit. Yes, but but 
you know, you better wear a halter top at the strip clubs. I was like this. I love this so much. They, they like, all went down the Key West thinking like, oh, we can we can do our little yeah. dirty deeds there. Wow. So another thing that happened is when Coles refused to resign, that there were people that were so upset that they petitioned for a recall election, but then he ended up resigning before that went forward. Mm -hmm. So people were like, we're going to make you resign if you don't. Um, The other thing I thought was interesting is when he first was getting into hot water, Coles asked the then chief of police at Don Pierce to be his chief of staff. And so um, according to an article by Pat Murphy in the Idaho Mountain Express, he looked at this, and I thought it was interesting that Coles wanted to create this air of innocence, right? So I'm if the chief of police becomes yes. my chief of staff during all of these allegations, like, I'm going to look innocent because why would the chief of police stand by me? Why right? would the chief of police even take that job? I, he did it. And so, but but people kind of saw through this facade of him trying to bolster himself up Stupid. with this, yes. you know, uh, trying to have this guy on his team. <laughs> Um, another thing I found interesting is there was an article in the Spokesman Review when Coles pleaded guilty, the district judge at the time, a Thomas Neville, issued a withheld judgment, which means that if a person completes all the terms of punishment, mm. jail time, probation, everything, then the person's record is cleared <laughs> and his rights are res- restored, and which is a common practice for nonviolent offenders mm-hmm. with no prior criminal record, but it means that he would be eligible yes. to run for office again. So guess what? No, Tina, stop. <laughs> stop it right now. Stop it right now. So just last year in 2019. Oh my God. Coles decides I'm going to run for mayor. Holy shit. Yes. He runs for the very same seat. Of course. That he was guilty of. You don't think <laughs> he's going to take anything less than that, right? So... I mean, and this is your, you know, because this happened, um, you know, uh, in, in 2003, and then he's out of jail. And so some time has passed. But in two, it, well, it, it's so funny, but despite the fact that in 2007, he said, quote, I can't see myself being a public servant again. Listen, But, but then in 2019, he felt a stir, quote, stirring in my soul. Yeah. So I'm like, God, did God come down going... No, run for office. No, this is what happened. <laughs> he started thinking about the bo- those boobs he saw yeah. in Key West. He's like, I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta to get Keith, back. But I'm not paying for it, right? So and so he's like, there was a stirring in my soul after he spoke. To, this is my favorite part. He spoke to people who were upset about money being spent on a library project. Oh, and God. he was going to run <laughs> his platform. Are you ready for it? Fiscal responsibility. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he stole money. <laughs> But I'm the fiscal responsibility guy. You know, here's the thing. So oh, it was like God. what? It was like a 16 year difference or something. That's not enough time for people to uh, to, to have lobotomies. Like, do you think people really well? You know, forgot about all of this shit. Well, but you know what's funny is when um, I read an article where he's going door to door, and one of the guys was like, "Weren't you mayor before? <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh, okay. But you know, oh, like that's all they remember is the name. You know, hey, this happened in did yeah. this happened in Coral Springs. <laughs> Where the mayor, they had, there was people running for mayor and two of the mayors, of course, Springs here in Florida, like in 2000, in the 2018 race, two of the guys, um, were both previous mayors. Both were like scandalous yes, kind yes, of things. Yes, 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 yes. And one of them, one of them won. Win. Yes, he won. He did. Jesus Christ. Yes. I don't know if he was mayor or he was a he commissioner. Was, he was mayor. Oh, he was mayor Yes, before. yes. It's, it's so, 
it's it's ridiculous. People are ridiculous. Yeah. And the other thing with the fiscal responsibility. Well, voters. Voters, yeah, voters are ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Um, the fiscal responsibility guy. In 2011, you know, not only did, you know, he, he steal the money, but in 2011, there was a tax lien <laughs> placed on Coles and his wife for almost $45,000 in unpaid income tax. Whoa. Thankfully, he lost the race to a young woman okay. named Lauren McLean. And so she is now the new Boise mayor. And yes, so I was really happy to see that. But that's the story. Like, and I just, it was sort of a fun little story, but I saw this and I said, God, here is another example of people who, who swindle, who cheat. Yeah. And then they're like, I'm going to run. And, and the fact that he's running on fiscal responsibility when he didn't pay his taxes, allegedly, and he, you know, um, cheated the city out of money. And then you're going to co- like, just, just go away. No, go I, away. You know what I think this it is, is like the, the running theme. Go away. Maybe we need to talk to somebody who has actually been elected and talk about what that feels like. There must be some sort some of drive that, that power rush or something. Even yeah. if you're doing good things, just to pe- people know who you are. And, uh, yeah, you know, but- there's gotta be something there. Because, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to, to keep it going forever. And that's why I really, you know, I know there are people who are for term limits and against term limits. Yeah. But I think that, like, you have to have the term limit because you need fresh perspectives. Yes. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, just, and and I think being a public servant should be, you know, you have this moment, but it shouldn't be your whole life. I think you could still be involved in politics and there are other things that you can do, but you can't just expect to hold a seat right. for 50 years. <laughs> I, I don't I know. know. I agree. I, why, if states have term limits, why can't the U.S. Congress have, have term limits? Yes. You know? And, and president has term limits. Yeah. Thank God. I know. I hear you. You know? It's, it's. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's interesting is that the church actually held him responsible for criminal acts. I mean, hello. Well, well, but they didn't. Re- they 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 said they 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 couched it in these different terms, um, and and it wasn't completely accusatory. But they did say, you know, because he's wrapped up. But they didn't. Uh, they wouldn't directly say it, so mm-hmm. they did kind of use language, I guess, to protect themselves. But they said. You know, they're not holding these positions. Good. But they they had pretty high uh, level positions in, in, in uh, their community church. Yeah. Yeah. Good one, Tina. Yeah. Idaho potato. Yes. <laughs> That's, listen, I love potato. I, <gasps> I could eat french fries. Girl. Every day. And then, okay, so my husband thinks this is so gross, although mm. he has kind of started moving towards this, but since we're talking about potatoes and french fries it's a pennsylvania thing yes um gravy on french fries uh-huh oh my god but isn't this a canadian thing they put like cheese curds and it's called is yeah it, called, it is what's it called but no cheese Routine? curds yes okay no cheese no no just gravy beef gravy french- yes yeah i see i don't eat i don't eat well beef. not I don't well eat. any gravy any gravy yeah i'll do any gravy i don't really do beef so does he like it now he does now yeah. he's like when i first when we were first married he was like, that's so disgusting. And he puts the ketchup on the eggs, which I think is oh. so, uh, it's so beyond disgusting. And so that was both of our, and I still do not like the ketchup on the eggs. But now he's moved towards like, the fries and gravy isn't Listen, so bad. Baby steps. And that is like when I'm feeling like horrible, 
-hmm. that is like, I'm like, I'll crave it sometimes. It's, it's like so good. It's like a comfort from your childhood. Oh my God. Listen, uh, French fries are like the best food ever. French fries and pizza. Oh, fuck me, man. So good. See, I do. I like, um, my dad. So when, when I grew up, we had, uh, like Italian pizza isn't like the same. Yeah. Like no cheese, you know, would just be like the focaccia bread with, with the, the, the fresh, um, just vegetables on top Mm -hmm. and the spices. Oh my God. I could eat that. And then my dad would do, um, oh my God, the zambanel. What's that? Oh my God. It was just, he would just get a piece of bread and you get a tomato you know, he pick a tomato. Can I just go ahead, finish, and then I'm going to say something. <laughs> he pick a tomato, and then with his hand, just just smash that tomato over the bread, you know? And, oh, and just, my God. That sounds so good. And then a little bit of olive oil oh. and a little bit of salt. And that was it. That was, I would, that was like the best snack in the world. Yes. You want a zambana? Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> just a little. And it's so simple. And it and it, you got to do it with your hand. You got to just yeah. crush it right there on yeah, top yeah. of the hot bread. Oh. When you talk about your parents or food, this Italian, the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 this thing would you get, you question it. Oh, you do, you come, there's something that happens with your voice. I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I am dying to meet your parents. I'm you dying to, to meet your dad. Oh my God. I, so when this is all over, you're going to come, you're going to come to Friday night dinner. <gasps> oh my God. Will they shame me if I don't eat meat though? No. Okay. Oh. Will he make the, what is it called again with the crushed tomato? The zambanel. Zambanel. I, I can ask him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to meet them so bad. I just want to hear your dad talk. I like when oh, you talk about your parents and they're confused about stuff. You don't oh, like, what's God. a podcast? Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. understand. Uh, oh, why, 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 why? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh my God. It's the best. He's so cute. Well, girl, here it is. Oh God. I know. <laughs> yes. I don't want to do the weekly schedule. The states where all the schools were closed and they don't have to homeschool. I'm so jealous. Yeah. No grades, no no work, oh. no grades. What the hell is this? What is this? Oh, my God. What, what kind of fucking states are these? I don't know, but man, I know like parents have to keep their kids occupied and, but this weekly schedule, it's so much. It's I like know. every day, like, uh, and then it's like, okay, get on, set up the computers What's the next thing on your list? Well, by Friday, I'm I'm burnt. I'm burnt out. And yeah. like Friday morning, it was like, you know, of course, I'm thinking, okay, it's the last morning of having to do work this week. We'll just move on for this afternoon. I'll be done. My son gave me so much trouble. And I was just like, the energy you're wasting yeah. every time I say the next thing you're doing. He goes, oh. oh. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, and then every question, like with math, like, okay, go to number two. He'd be like, oh. And I'm like, the, yeah. you could have use this energy to yes. finish the work already so my my younger is he gets up early and he wants to just get everything done so sometimes he's up and we try to have school start at like nine or whatever um but he'll be there at seven thirty, wanting to start because he just wants to be done so then he'll finish sometimes oh, by God like 12 you know because like he just he's just yes. like what's next what's next and he does it all and he doesn't have as much work as my older mm-hmm but my older rolls out of bed later and then he's like, I just, I, I want to rest before I start. So they don't have to be on at a certain time. My, so my older does at around 11 though. Oh my gosh. So he, he rolls out, he, he does his thing and then it's every, you know, do you, do your kids have to do that? I ready. 
No, oh but they have God. to do, he has to do um, a math thing every single day for 20 minutes. It's like, yes. Until they so get it's the like, green light or whatever. Yes. Yes. But they have to be on at a certain time. Like she has to check in by eight o'clock. Check oh, in. no. They and just then have to, her like, class is at like 10 and his is at 930, but it's like they have to be on early. Oh, no, no. It's sort of um, my kid's school. It's, you do it at your own That's pace nice. or time, but they have to log in. Yeah. They have to make sure they click something to give the attendance. Mm-hmm. So I check them in. Yeah. And then then they can go through. But but my one son every day at 11 has his like Zoom. Yeah. Well, Monday, my son has to get on at one thirty, and on Monday... At like two thirty, I go up. Oh, realize we just yeah, completely we missed, yeah, missed the class. We missed one. Hope that we didn't need to be on there. Although yeah. his class is really just the kids asking questions yeah. that she just had answered, and then they ask fifty more times. Yeah, it's the most insane thing. This woman has the patience of a saint. I I don't know how she does it. Yeah. I, I I don't know how she does it. It's insane, and she's like, okay, like she's just moving. I, no. My older son, they did like show your pets day. Oh my! They had God. like a special time to show their pets, and so yeah, the worst. He thing was is- so happy to be able to do yeah. like you know turn around, <laughs> yeah, yeah. give me your pet, like do all the tricks that we taught the dog, and so he's there. Like he was so excited to do it. Well, the worst thing that his teacher does is tell me about what you've done today. What'd you do this weekend on Monday? What'd you guys do this weekend? And I said to my son, "Why is she asking this? Let's go, get yeah. to work." You know, but it's about, you know, being a part of their lives and talking to them about what are you doing? No, get to work. I know. How are you? No, don't ask 22 kids how how they're doing, please. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, we're back at it, girl. Okay, so I will see you next week. Yes. Have a good week. Okay, bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty. Thank you.